0: Love Talk radio You are now listening to CLNS radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now. And with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall. And if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? You're fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got Moxie and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Ambition, 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 dream, a dream that what's hard to live. Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. they going gon' let me for my ambition.
1: Ambitious.
0: Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Easy to dream, a dream, though what's harder to live. Here's your host, Seemo Bucket. they gonna let me for my ambition. Welcome to episode 27 of the Hooper's Log. It is Thursday, December 10th, 2015. We are 15 days away from the inevitable Christmas. And we are here live in the FanDuel Studios here on CLNS Radio through Blog Talk Radio. If you're listening to the podcast, you're listening to Apple Podcast, or you're listening through the CLNS uh, Radio through Blog Talk Radio, uh, there's multiple ways to listen to the show. It's fantastic. It's awesome. It's great. My name is CMO Buckets. Again, my website, com. if you want to check out that. Uh, We will have swag up eventually. I mean, I'm telling you, we've been talking about it for the last two months. I know we've been teasing it, but eventually we will get some shirts and T-shirts and things like that. We'll try and get more sponsors here over time. Uh, We should have Matt Moore from CBS on the show eventually at some point over the next week or so. That'll be fun, obviously, talking basketball, talking to quarter polo, things like that, major news in the world of basketball. We do have some breaking news real quick, though. We do have some breaking news in the world of basketball, yes. Kyrie Irving and Amon Shumpert will be back for the Cleveland Cavaliers as early as tonight or on Friday. Andrew Norris is my co-host. Andrew, what's going on today, man? What's up, man? I can't. I normally connect my laptop to my iPad for connection. I can't find my iPad, but somehow my laptop's still connected to it. So I'm kind of in a frenzy right now, but I'm I'm doing good. Yeah, I mean, I know you're. I know you're going. I know you're a little down. And in... all right, I think Chris cut out there. it's my phone, we're checking it out here. A little bit of technical difficulties. Yep, looks like uh looks like Chris cut out here. Um basically what we're getting into today, of course we got our recap. Um, you know, for me it was a depressing night of basketball yesterday. Uh can't can't get much worse than the way I watched my team lose. Uh but it happened right. to move on from it. Oh, oh now we got random soundboard things going off. Uh <laughs> but uh, let's see. I think that was Chris that, that probably clicked on that in his studio. <laughs> um, you know, of course, we're going to go over the recap. We also got, you know, the Cavs talk to get into. How good can this team get when they get Iman Shumpert, and Kyrie Irving back? Uh, obviously, they they are in first place in the East at 14-7, and seven, but they've been supremely disappointing. I think we do have Chris back here. Chris, you back? It's yeah. Right. yeah. Um, Ollie, Ollie is correct on that, by the way. Um, it is... I'm telling you, it's not just raining, but it's, uh, it's pigs and chickens. It's, uh, you know, Santa, Santa is on his way to my house, uh, over the, na- yes, yes. It is, uh, it is Christmas time and, uh, things like this happen in the Pacific Northwest where the phone signal dies. So if I cut in and out and even drop multiple times, you'll understand why. Um, obviously it's, it's just been raining right. and pigs and chickens. Yeah, it's been crazy, um. So if my phone line drops multiple times throughout the show, please understand that that's just it's just Mother Nature telling me that uh, that that phone connection this time of year is uh, is garbage at its best. Um, I know you're just talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. I just heard that. Um, you ready to get into the show, Andrew? You ready to just just get into it and get it going? Let's do it, man. Let's make it awesome. Let's let's get it going. All right, all right, right. All right. You're gonna learn today. Uh, clearly, uh, a nice start to the show. Obviously, Andrew trying to find his iP- I- iPad, and and me uh, falling off the line. You know, like a like a true professional, <laughs> true professional. Uh, and uh, and we got one game in the NCA last night that was an upset. Vanderbilt losing to Dayton seventy two to sixty seven. and Vanderbilt, as Vanderbilt's ranked twenty one in the nation. Four whiteboard the performances from the last night in the NBA. There were ten of them in the NBA last night. And let's start off with the first ESPN game since it wasn't ESPN Wednesday. It's a TNT Thursday today. But last night in the world of basketball, we had we had we had one great game and one posterizing dunk. and We'll get to those in a second. Chicago in Boston as Boston beats the Chicago Bulls. Now they win one hundred five to one hundred, and the Bulls. Are now are now tw- are now thirteen and nine, still hovering around the middle pack of the Eastern Conference, which I feel like is going to be a large middle pack for a large portion of the show. Miami Heat at the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, obviously, the Miami Heat getting blown out by the Charlotte Hornets. We'll talk about them more throughout the show. Now they're now thirteen and eight, hovering around the second spot in the Eastern Conference. They're they've won three in a row. They've been playing outstanding basketball and destroying the Miami Heat the way they did today. Is a sign that this team truly is maybe here here to stay. I mean, they have shown that they have been able to find a way to hover around in that Eastern Conference, and they have found a way to stay relevant in a vaunted conference that, as we know, from basically the bottom to top, outside of the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, is turning into is turning into the better conference of the two, and it's and it's starting to prove wise as a team in Miami who was hovering around the fourth seed coming into the quarter pole into the quarter pole is now really hovering around the middle pack once again because Charlotte got a victory. It, it It's going to flip-flop a lot throughout the year, and don't expect it to change much as we keep moving forward. Again, quickly, let's keep going forward through these games. Ten of them last night. Houston beating the Washington Wizards 109-103. to James Harden With a whiteboard-worthy performance, 42 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. The 42 points automatically gets him in, a 59 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. Nicholas Batum, before I go forward, he had a triple-double in that Charlotte-Miami game. 10 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists. Ho-hum, you know, that's not quite whiteboard-worthy when it comes to the overall scale, but a triple-double will always get you in. As they way for the performance scale, and we're going to fix that here over the next couple of weeks to try and get big men more involved. Obviously, this whole thing is is, uh, is either small forwards or, or guards, and we need to get the big men more involved. So we'll figure out a way a scale to fix these guys and get them in. Uh, Memphis and Detroit. I know I know you don't want to hear about this, Andrew. Cover I, 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 I Barnes on Jackson. Oh! Marcus Morris against Courtney Lee. He throws up an air ball. He'll pointer was uh, was not just a three-pointer, but it was a half-court heave from about forty-five feet out, and there was about three seconds left on the clock when he let it go, which is crazy. Because I mean, if you listen to the Detroit Pistons broadcast, which I heard last night when I was watching the, the video, they were like, "What's he doing?" There's like right when he was about to the shoot, they were saying, "What's he doing? What's going on?" And then he just it just went in, and they're like, "He had over three or four seconds left." to shoot that. And he had plenty of time to get it out to another guy in a better quality shot, but he just let it go. It went in. It reminds me of something that happened last Thursday night, which I know, again, you don't want to hear about Andrews. But it's, can the receivers get far enough down the field? Oh, Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? Okay, yeah, again, that was a terrible – I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Andrew. I had to do it. Uh, I had to do it on you. Uh, your kid is getting, losing to the Packers, which, again, a, a terrible, terrible fat face mask call. I will agree with that until the cows come home. But Matt Barnes getting the victory over the Detroit, the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. And I know you don't like Matt Barnes because, yes, he is a scumbag of a human being. But on the basketball court, he is as nasty as they come, and he got the victory for them last night. We'll get to that game in a little bit. Spurs losing to Toronto, so I can't talk much mess. The, the Toronto Raptors beating my Spurs. The Spurs now have five losses on the season. Toronto obviously coming off that high over the weekend, beating uh, just competing with the Golden State Warriors. They're figuring out a way to play against really good teams. They win 97-94. The Spurs not quite getting it done. Toronto proving why. If they can come out and play their brand of basketball and compete with the highest teams, they have a chance to really dominate and a chance to really come in and, and, and compete against the best teams in the NBA. And they proved it last night, beating the San Antonio Spurs the way they did. DeMar DeRozan had a great game. Uh, you had a guy and Kyle Lowry again running the show. This team is starting to prove why that they're a force to be reckoned with coming to Eastern Conference. They're now 14-9. and nine. They're, they're finding ways to win in the way that they win. Again, and the L.A. Clippers last night, good heavens. DeAndre Jordan, this guy needs to learn how to just stay on the ground. He keeps flying like Superman through the air. And I, I bet you liked this one last night. Andrew. By Blake Griffin. That was the Jordan factor, though, taking two big guy shots away. This ball spinning several times already tonight. Jordan. That is a monster finish. A monster finish. Well, see, he's the trailer on that, and it's a well played point play with Chris Paul, and he gets a foul out of it also. But see, he's got to be picked up early. Look, Jim, that seam was as big as you could drive a boat through it, and therefore nobody cutting him. Yeah, it was a monster jam. Unfortunately, I could not find the, oh, me, oh, my highlight because of the fact that uh, they they weren't allowing it on YouTube, and so I couldn't quite get the YouTube download so I got the Milwaukee Bucks broadcast. But you kinda heard the uh you kinda heard what uh what what Greg Monroe felt on that when DeAndre Jordan caught the the trailing pass from Chris Paul and he just just threw in a Dwight Howard esque monster jam, a Superman type jam. He was standing a solid like five, eight feet away from the hoop when he let it go. It was a nasty slam. Uh, on Greg Monroe against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh the, the Los Angeles Clippers getting the victory one oh nine to ninety five. I think it's safe to say I wouldn't quite put it at a hundred percent uh you know uh, a confidence scale. I'd probably put it at about an, a seven or eight, seventy to eighty percent confidence scale, but this Clippers team is officially back now at thirteen and nine. They're hovering in the top five in the Western conference. I think they're back and they're here to stay as one of the more dominant teams as we thought they would coming into the season. But now I think it's official to say, look, they're back. Granted they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks, but still thirteen and nine, uh, when they were at one point under five hundred or around five hundred, they're finally, I think, finally getting their, their pieces back together and they're starting to turn into the team we thought they eventually would be. The Lakers and Minnesota Timberwolves, this game went to overtime, but truly it was not one of the better performances of the night. It was kind of a eh game, really. I mean, it went to overtime, but Minnesota got the victory over the Lakers again. The Lakers are now three and nineteen. Yeah, we all know what they're playing for. I mean, this team in the Los Angeles Lakers truly are not playing for anything else other than the guy who – Martin was our, yeah. missed the jump shot. Quarterman yeah. with a nice outlet. Simmons on the move. And he missed the dunk. Yeah, that's pretty much what they're playing for at this point in time of the year. Uh, as as we know, Kobe Bryant is leaving. Julius Randle, though, this guy is turning into a double-double machine. He had tw- I think he had 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds last night. That guy was a monster. And him helping out the team, playing against guys like Carl Anthony Towns and some of the other big men in Minnesota, he's looking like a guy where you give him a couple more years, and he's going to look like one of the more dominant forces in the NBA. Good for Julius Randle for stepping up, and again Kobe Bryant with his final game in Minnesota. But the Minnesota Timberwolves get the victory, one twenty-three to one twenty-two. They go to nine and twelve. Orlando and Phoenix, an interesting game here. Orlando coming in at twelve and nine, they get the they, they don't quite get the victory, but Phoenix again. One of those teams that's just hovering around the average mark. They really are the they really are kind of like the bar when it comes to if you're an average team or not. Phoenix, if you're with them or with or away from them, you know if you're around them, you're kind of an average team. And right now, it looks like Orlando is clearly hovering in that playoff position area in the Eastern Conference. But Phoenix getting the victory, they're now 10 and 13, 107 to 104. Ho hum, you know, walk around, do things. Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight again had great nights. Not quite whiteboard performance, uh, but they definitely came out and played great basketball. The Knicks getting blown out by the Jazz. The Jazz are now 10-10. and 10. The Knicks just did. They could not score last night. 106-85, to 85, Utah destroying the Knicks. The Utah Jazz beating a team they're supposed to beat. They did what they're supposed to do. They're now hovering again around a bottom spot in the Western Conference doing what they needed to do. Last night, and then Atlanta and, and Dallas probably probably game of the night outside of Memphis, Detroit when it comes to excitement factor. But these two teams have been playing great, playing consistent. And Atlanta getting a victory, ninety eight to ninety five, a really really good game from the standpoint of both teams being in it right now, this deep into the season. Um, another thing, real quick, I forgot to mention these two whiteboard performances. John Wall, twenty six points, twelve assists, nine rebounds, and three steals. He went off last night in that Houston Washington game. They didn't get the victory, but that he went off. And then Chris Paul, eighteen points, eighteen assists. One of those, as you just heard, was from DeAndre Jordan, and three rebounds. He had a fifty-seven on the whiteboard where the performance scale. Andrew, what's your take from last night? What happened? What'd you see from everything? First of all, way to just completely take my heart out and stomp on it again, playing both, <laughs> playing both of those plays. I guess you
1: just you <laughs> hate
0: me. Um, no, you know that that's very frustrating to watch as a Pistons home team. Had the game wrapped up, we're up 13. And when you're up 13 on a team like the Grizzlies, that should be it. They're not yeah. really a team that's uh, going to be great with comebacks, especially as quick as yeah. they did it. Actually, the broadcast was saying, you know, when you're up 13 on a team like the Grizzlies, the, they may come back, but it will be slow. And literally a minute and a half later, it was a four-point game. Um, so that was frustrating. The Celtics have looked very, very impressive. This looks like a team that could win 45 to 48 games. Um, yeah. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to say they will yet because we're still. We're only at the quarter pole, and there's still only four games over 500. Um, The Hornets. People are really jumping on that bandwagon. I still think they're pretenders uh, instead of contenders. Uh, Also, I think I think the same thing about the Heat. So, them blowing them out didn't do much for me. Um, The Rockets, you know, they're finally they're getting right very close to 500. They. are now winners of let's see. They have won four out of their last five and now they got the Lakers, so that'll be five out of six. Um so they're they're starting to get on a roll. James Harden went nuts last night, dropped forty two points like you said. Uh the Raptors, they love playing against good teams and it's because they got so much heart. They really do. Now is are they going to be a team that can contend in the playoffs? Probably not. Maybe for an Eastern Conference Finals but not to get to the finals. Um, Clippers, like you said, they're really getting back on track. Uh, You know, it's disappointing for me. The Timberwolves only beat the Lakers by one, and most teams, if they beat the Lakers by one, it's, well, you know, that's okay, it's the NBA. But when you get a young team versus a young team, these young players are supposed to really want to come out and show, hey, we and I know Minnesota knows they have the best young talent, but you still really want to show it. Um, and they and they didn't come out and do that. Andrew Reagans only had 19 points. Carl Anthony Towns went nuts, but this team didn't play with enough passion for me. If I was if I was a Timberwolves fan to really be satisfied with that win. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to yeah. go over everything again, but yeah, go ahead, Chris. Oh, you're good. I was gonna just say. Uh, I mean, you mentioned this last night and a couple of things that you know um, when it comes to. Where we're at in the NBA, we're starting to see kind of we're starting to see kind of the animosity and the and the frustration and the overall wear and tear of the season start to take effect on teams. You're starting to see guys kind of get taken out of games because they're hurt. You're starting to see things happen that would happen in a regular season. And you know, last night, yesterday on the show, when you weren't here, and I went through my fiasco with trying to get everything on the air and started and whatnot. Last night on the on the show, I wanted to mention, is there anything else you want to mention from this before I get into this topic, Andrew? No, go ahead. Okay, cool. Uh, the phone number for FanDuel phone lines is 323-642-1558. If you know basketball, prove it at FanDuel.com. Go to the upper right-hand corner on FanDuel.com. Uh, type in the code Celtics in the microphone, and you will get a $10 gift back. If you don't win your first game, uh, go to FanDuel.com. Check out the code Celtics, uh, C E L T T I C S, and you will find a way to get that ten dollars back if you don't win in your first game. Um, I I mentioned this last night, yesterday in the show, and you weren't here, and I really wanted to bounce this off you. Uh, The Golden State Warriors are now twenty-three and zero. And you mentioned a point of the, the Boston Celtics looking really good, and that was what I wanted to mention. You said that they look really impressive. Are you willing to go 20, uh, uh, 0-24 now? Are you willing to go Detroit Lions style and uh, and say that this Boston Celtics team has a chance to win on Friday? Uh, the Boston Celtics team will win on Friday. Yeah. As, yeah much uh, as, I, as much as I can't say it, I'm going to because I'm a man of my, my word. And the Warriors are going to lose every game for the rest of the season until they finally lose, and then I can pick them to win. <laughs> this is your this is your winning this is your winning streak, Andrew. This is your winning streak right now. It is it is dead. It is it is a lot like the Philadelphia seventy ers I mean, to be to be honest, I agree with you. I think that I I agree with you. I think Boston has looked very impressive. Look, we're here on Clns Radio. We're we're, we're schmoes for the for the Boston Celtics. I understand that perspective but at the same time this team has been looking very 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 impressive and it's not just you know again it's like you said we're only we're only 22 23 games into the season it is early i agree with you but you know it's early for everybody and it's early for golden state for all we know golden state could come out in the garden on friday and again it's thursday so it's not friday yet but all we know is that golden state could come out on Friday and they could lay a dud. And if you lay a dud against this Boston Celtics team, as we've seen over this last week, they play good teams tough. They played the they played the San Antonio the San Antonio Spurs tough last weekend as you know watching the watching the game and doing the post game show, and I obviously I called in and watched the final 5 minutes of that one, but it was. It, it, this team is not someone to sleep. On. You can't go in and play Boston and think you're going to get an easy victory. That's not going to be the case with this team. And I, I mentioned the Golden State Warriors yesterday, and I and I told you about how I simulated a game on NBA Two K sixteen. Yes, I am a nerd. I I will admit that. I run around and I am a giant nerd when it comes. To, yes, I know. I know. I know. Star Wars. I, I get it. I get it. But but when it comes to the fact that this team is we're, we're, all we can do is compare them to history now. That's all we can do. 23-0 and 0 is, is just silly. 27-0, and 26-0 from some people based upon the playoff record, whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. People are debating about whether this win streak is legit. Not not that it's not legit. I mean, 23 wins at the beginning of your season is crazy. I'm talking about people are saying, you know, is it really 27-0 and 0 based upon the regular season? Yeah, technically it is because – in other sports, if you win a certain amount in a row and it carries over, it still counts. So from that angle, I still call it 27-0. And the only team you can compare this team with right now, right now as we speak, because it's fair because obviously they haven't played in uh, a couple of days, is is the Miami Heat from 2012-2013 uh, when they had just won a title the year before against the Thunder. When I don't think people really... Thought that they, I think the Heat were obviously the favorites going into that Finals in 2012 when they played the Thunder. I think they were favorites, but I don't think people thought it was as legit coming into the next season. When by golly they proved it in 2012-2013 because they were by far. And that's the thing people don't understand when they when all these crazy Warrior fans or crazy people about how great this 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 Warriors team is. Look, and I know it was a simulation on a video game. I get it. Trust me, I get it. But a lot of things crept back into my mind when it came to watching this simulation. Look, when it comes to transition basketball, you tell me who's better in transition. The Miami Heat from three years ago in the 2012-2013 season or this Golden State Warrior team. Look, LeBron James, when he was in the quintessential prime of his career that year, because you can make the case that athletically, intelligent-wise, efficiency-wise, everything. And I'm talking spreading the floor, being a general at every single position, portion of his game, LeBron James was probably the biggest runaway MVP we've seen in the NBA in a long time in 2012-13. Look, LeBron James wrapped up the MVP by March when they had that 27-game win streak in 2012-2013. He had it wrapped up. No one was debating anyone else. There was no one else in the conversation. And if you even voted for someone else that year, you were looked down upon as like, bro, really? You're not going to vote for LeBron James. This team is 66-16. How can you not pick him as the MVP with all the things he did? Look, the guy was dishing out assists from the top of the key corner of the hoop from when he was driving the rack to outside. You could not you, – you had the double-team this guy. That's how good he was. And it was one of the first years – I wouldn't say the first years, but definitely one of the years where he was so efficient for mid-range in the three-point line that he was pretty much unguardable. That was the most unguardable LeBron James outside of maybe a, a playoff LeBron James last year that we've seen ever. And when when LeBron James was athletic as he was, as well as he could get to the rim, as well as his vision was outstanding that year when it came to his teammates, his team, unlike now with Cleveland, and you can make the case now that his team in Cleveland is still great, but when it comes to chemistry and when it comes to running offenses, they were not the same as that Miami team. Look, he had guys like Ray Allen, Shane Battier, um, you name it, Udonis Haslam, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. I can, I can run down the roster, but I'm not going to. The point is he had guys who had IQ through the roof. They probably weren't the most talented guys on the floor, but when it came to coming in and giving an effort and putting together a run that historically just, just can't be matched outside of maybe a couple of other benches that I can remember, this Miami Heat team had one of the greatest benches that I, I can remember. They weren't talented, but when they came into the ball game, the whole the whole arena changed. Like, everything changed when that ball when, – when those starters left the game and they were down, you could feel – the energy of like we need some help. The Warriors don't have that when this bench comes into the game. They don't. They don't have it. They never had it in the postseason. They had the the the, the, the Heat had it. LeBron James, look, De- Draymond Green could probably do his best on LeBron and maybe slow him down. But the problem is is, De- is Deandre uh, Draymond Green, which when I was watching the simulation, look, I'm going to give NBA 2K some props. Their IQ is through the roof in that video game. I put everything on Hall of Fame. Everything was to the highest degree of, you know, greatness when it came to toughness for both teams. And they, at one point in the video game, took Draymond Green off off LeBron and they put Klay Thompson on LeBron. If that doesn't spell how great LeBron was in 20, 2012, 2013, I don't know what does. The guy had to be guarded by Klay at some point in that game. And then he got doubled by Draymond and Clay, and he was still finding guys on the outside to shoot. And it was so – it brought back memories of that year of that team. It was like, holy crap, they're, they're defining this team perfectly for what they did. And every single time the Miami Heat got in transition in that simulation, they were, un, they were unguardable. They could not be guarded. When you got a guy like Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, even Chris Bosch trailing the play at some times, and you had Mario Chalmers and a couple of other players. Obviously, when a guy like Mike Miller comes off the bench, the energy is unheard of with that team. And it's the only team we can compare this, this Warrior team with. And that's the one problem this Warrior team doesn't have that I saw in that game that, that they might run into if teams have a good night in the post. The Warriors can't guard guys down low in the post if they have a very good system that's inside and out. They can't. They don't have that type of mentality. And I'm not sitting here and bashing them. I'm bashing them against history. I'm not bashing them against the NBA right now because 23-0, 27 wins in a row is unheard of. But when you really start to break down the weaknesses of this team, they become. They might become more pre- uh, prevalent come later on in the year when you mentioned this last yesterday as, as I talked to you on the phone, you said that this team, come later on in the year, has a tougher schedule. And when we mean tougher schedule, we mean teams that have identities, that have the capability to run off quite a bit of wins and have the have these systems to compete with a team like the Golden State Warriors. So let's be honest. This team is built from the outside in. If they can't shoot from the outside, they can't set up anything on the inside. Great legendary teams of all time in the NBA have always found a way to set up their game inside the three-point line or inside the deep area, the mid-range game, and then found a way to spread it out. Or at least if they can't set it up any other way, they set it up from the mid-range game, and then they find a way to spread it to the inside-outside, and then they become a dominant force everywhere. So when it comes to comparing this Warriors team and this Miami Heat team from 2012-2013, reel it back, Andrew. Remember back two, three years ago when you saw that LeBron James and that team, and, and give me your insight on what you think about this Warriors team compared to that Miami Heat team that also won twenty-seven games in a row. Yeah, I do disagree with you on the fact that when Golden State's bench comes in, it's not like whoa, here comes here comes the bench. They do have the fifth-best uh, difference in efficiency, um, which is insane when you think about it because their starting lineup is so good that you know when their their bench yeah. is in, it's they're they're doing positive things um right but compared to that 2012 2013 Miami team I think if you play seven it goes seven games uh and then you know you you can't you can't beat the best game seven player of all time uh but but I do think this team is is right there I do think they're pretty much close to as good as that team was um now do I think come uh Game where it's going to come down because Game Seven's come down to who's best player performs better. I mean, ninety-nine percent of the time. um, Now, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think we've ever seen Steph Curry in a Game Seven. I might sound dumb right there, but um, you know, this is this—it's still a historic team. Um, It's still—it could. This team could break the all-time win streak record. This team could start. If this team breaks the all-time win streak record, then you're looking at probably ten more games. 12 12 more games until they even have a chance to lose a game, Uh, except they got Houston mixed. But then, I mean, this team also goes through a stretch, and this is kind of what you were talking about. You called and told me about this yesterday. It's the Pistons, Cleveland, Chicago, Indiana, and the Spurs, and then Dallas. Yeah, right around around Martin Luther King Day. Yep, those are a bunch of games you can lose. Now, do I think they'll come out with a winning record? Of course I do. I think they'll beat Detroit, Chicago, Indiana, Dallas, but they can lose to Cleveland. They can lose to San Antonio. They can lose to any of those teams, uh, but they're more than likely going to beat most of them. Uh, you know, and if just go through the second half of their season, they—I mean—they played the it's Spurs great. three times, four, four times, because they haven't played them yet. Uh, they played Dallas a bunch of times. They play Utah again. They play Washington both times. so you know it, they may have not been great so far, but they're less five games of the year three of them are against teams that could be competing for a playoff spot in uh, Minnesota and two against Memphis and two of them are against yeah. the Spurs I mean those those are games that you know you, they're going to be resting players against Minnesota and Memphis those are losable games so I don't think they'll hit that 72 and 10 mark but you know this team is going to be historically great um and and it's going to be something to see and as much as I don't want to hop on the train and like them. You know, they, they grow on me when I watch them play because uh, yeah. my two stats in the whole NBA are assist and rebounds. Um, I love ball movement, and I, I love when big men go up, or even I love when the smaller guys go up and get physical and get rebounds. And this, these are yeah. the two things that, you know, this this team does great. Of course, they don't have to get as many rebounds because they make every damn <laughs> shot they take. But, <laughs> you know, right. they, it's a team that – they. They're amazing to watch play. I'm, as as everybody who listens knows, I'm not a fan. I don't think I ever will be a fan. It might be because you know they knocked out LeBron last year. It might just be sour apples. <laughs> but uh, you know this team is historically great, and and it's just you know we we talk about it at least twice a week. That's the thing. We 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 talk about this team many times throughout a week. Well, it's must and it's, it's, must, it's must it's must watch television and it's must talk about the exactly. topic you know that. yeah exactly it, and it's it, and it's the thing of no matter how many times you talk about how great this team is they'll play that night and you'll still be like wow like i knew this yep. team was good but and it's just amazing now the score against Indiana was 131 123 uh it was not that close you know i turned it on late no. because and during the first quarter I saw it and I was like, oh man, I I, I can't, I it's want a 28 point lose, ball game going can't. into the fourth. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's insane. Uh, but you know, Indiana came back on a little fake run. Um, you know, I got excited and even texted Chris and then he kind of reminded me, dude, they're down six with 23 seconds left against the best free throws. <laughs> so like, uh, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you're right. And then all of a sudden, boom, boom, turnover. It's over. Um, uh, but you know no matter how much we talk about this team i don't think there'll be a time this year where we talk about this team as hey maybe they weren't as good as we think because i think they really are this great yeah and uh and and to lift your spirits even though i just i just completely demoralized the city of detroit to lift your spirits Detroit them back. and andrew uh well no here's here's the thing this and, and this is no knock on the warrior team because they've been unbelievable but to be honest and I'm not going to sit here and say they haven't had some tough games because they have. But let's be honest, compared to this first-half schedule, you know where I'm going with this, compared to this first-half schedule, their second-half schedule is is just absolutely brutal. As you mentioned, that stretch from, uh, from January 16th till about January 25th or whatnot, those six games are absolutely brutal. And that's kind of where their stretch begins. Of really, the second half of their season just becomes just demoralizing because they have a lot of tough matchups. It reminds me of the Ohio State Buckeyes in this year. Look, the Buckeyes played nobody playing their first half of the season. They play. I mean, they played like Georgia Georgia State. They played teams like Indiana. We're granted Indiana was undefeated, but were they really that good? No. And they played teams. Just garbage, garbage Big Ten teams and garbage teams. Then they played. Then they played Michigan State. Then they played Michigan. Now, granted, they beat Michigan, but they played their tougher half of their schedule—the the later portion when they were already all boasted and ready to say, "Oh, we're still great and we're still." And it's not that. It's not that Golden State's doing that. They're not doing that. But what I'm trying to say is, look, when you fill up on cupcakes, and then eventually the real green shows up—the real, the real meat and potatoes of your schedule starts to show up late. Maybe you're not as prepared as you thought you were going down the stretch. That's no knock on them. The only way they can prove us wrong is when they start going into those stretches of tough matchups. Look, you mentioned it earlier. Detroit has had one of the more brutal schedules. I've looked at, I've looked at the Golden State Warriors' schedule, and they only have maybe like two or three, four back-to-backs in this first three months of the NBA season. Detroit has had so many back-to-backs in these first two months. It's stupid. To see this Golden State Warrior team have such, I wouldn't say an easy schedule because every NBA game is difficult, maybe except for except for the Lakers and the and the, and the 76ers. but outside of that, their back to backs are a joke. Like the teams they play back to back nights are like I was mentioning last night, Portland and Sacramento in January. Then you have yeah. uh, and then you have then you have Denver and and L A like in the Lakers back to back. Like that's. That's nothing, though. You're not playing back-to-back, you know, Cleveland and Chicago. You're not doing that. Like, that's not that's not a crazy back-to-back. You start to see more of those type of things. And, I, and that's what I mean by, by a tougher schedule. Look, every game in the NBA is difficult to a degree because they're all professional athletes. And then, obviously, when you play teams like Cleveland, Chicago, uh, Miami, San Antonio, uh, you know, Oklahoma City, when you play teams like that, on a back-to-back level who have the firepower, the intensity, the, the system to, to compete with other teams on a back-to-back night, on the road, at home, travel-wise. Just you, When you see that later on, when the injuries start to pile up, like we're seeing now with Clay Thompson, that's when you start to see the real test of your team. And we haven't seen that yet. And that's not to knock on Golden State. They're 23-0. They're 27 wins in a row. And we're not knocking on the fact that they're not a great team. They're a great team. The only thing you can compare them with right now is history. and But it, it, it's a realistic conversation piece, is the fact that this portion of the schedule has been very, very easy compared to what you're going to be seeing in the second half come mid-January. Andrew, anything else you want to talk about before we start recapping games or get into any you know, other stuff? Uh, Just real quick. I want to just let everybody know who's listening. When I'm missing these shows, it's not, uh, especially yesterday, <laughs> I don't want to repeat the whole story because it was just nuts, but uh, you know, it, it's not, I'm just missing, uh, you know, it's sometimes around here just gets crazy at work. I try to make it every single time. Sometimes it just doesn't, doesn't happen. Uh, you know, I hope everybody understands, but, you know, especially the last two weeks, it's been kind of crappy. But you know, I'm I'm here as much as I can. But go ahead. You know, Donald Trump doesn't You're agree. Fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It happens. Hey, it happens. Uh, I have been missing game, week games too. Oh, speaking of that, you just said that you were missing. By the way, I probably won't be on the show tomorrow. We're doing this thing in my work called inventory, where we literally count every single thing. Uh, to the T of knowing what we have and where we're at when it comes to a budget, um, that will be um, that will be my circumstance tomorrow and over the weekend. So you'll be hearing a lot of Andrew Norris tomorrow. He should be calling in tomorrow uh, around the same time, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Hooper's Log for episode 28. I can't if I make it, it will be a miracle. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going to happen, but if I can make it, I will. If not. Be on the lookout for that. Andrew should be running the show for tomorrow. Um, so let's get into these games for tonight. There's only four. It's a TNT Thursday. There's there's there, there's not very many great matchups. There's there's a couple, but outside of that, it's kind of some eh, matchups. Seventy Sixers and Nets. I don't think anyone's going to get up for that game. I mean, who's really going to be up? Who's really going to get up for two teams that are that are at the bottom of the strongest conference right now? The Nets are six and fifteen. 76 Sixers only have one win. One and twenty one. Uh, yeah, and Brooklyn's favored by seven. I think Brooklyn's going to dominate and destroy the 7 sixers, especially with the way they've been playing against really good teams lately. I think they have a chance to do something big. Now, these are the two games of the night that I would definitely watch, Clippers and Bulls. These two teams are on, are on TNT, the first game. Uh Definitely a bigger game, considering the way the Clippers have been playing lately, and obviously the Bulls have been really a uh, – A pretty steady thing to watch as of late. The Clippers are favored by a point and a half. I think the Bulls are going to come in and win this one, and they're going to win outright. I would take the Bulls plus the one and a half, just based upon the fact that they have found a way to really emphasize their type of basketball. It's been outstanding to watch them play, and I would take the Bulls in that one. Hawks and Thunder. uh, The Thunder are favored by seven and a half. I don't think that. I think that's a little too high, especially with the way the Hawks have been playing lately. I would take the Hawks plus the 7.5. I think the Thunder can win, but I wouldn't be shocked if the Hawks kept it close and kept it reasonably entertaining down the stretch. So that's another game to watch tonight if you want to watch that one. And then the final game on TNT, which is kind of a – I'll just call it what it is. It's a Chuck Barkley bashing of DeMarcus Cousins. So that's all it's going to be. You're going to hear Chuck and Chuck talk about how DeMarcus Cousins is, oh, he's – He's a player that, you know, he's a player that doesn't respect people. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that was more of a Dikembe uh impersonation. Yeah, but the that was point so is, bad. Is, that was horrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was just, that was, that was really, really bad. In fact, it was so bad that I think Donald Trump You're had something. You're, yeah. You're fired. You're fired. Yeah. yeah it was really bad. Uh, but, but, but the Knicks and the Kings play in Sacramento. Obviously, Shaq will be repping the Sacramento Kings. He's back on the he's back on TNT tonight. Obviously, and, and for the record, Lisa Leslie took over for Shaq last week. She was outstanding. I thought she was an outstanding analyst. She brings that kind of mantra to the to the game of basketball that you would expect. Woman or not, she's outstanding. The way she kind of – her attitude towards the game is so just, yeah, like like old school and and hardcore. Like I really like the way Lisa Leslie brought her style to TNT. So kudos to them. Uh, But Shaq will be back on, and hopefully those guys can can yuck it up uh, after the game on that one because I know Chuck's got something to say about the Knicks and the Kings and how uh, he, he thinks the Knicks are a playoff team. I don't agree with him. But from the standpoint of it being an entertaining fashion watch TNT tonight definitely should be a must watch there. Andrew, what do you think from tonight? I disagree with you on the Bulls versus Clippers. Uh sure the Clippers had the most overrated dunk of all time yesterday. Uh as is every <laughs> single time somebody dunks. And, and you guys know I hate Greg Monroe, so I'm not making excuses, but whenever somebody dunks on somebody who's trying to take a charge, it's not impressive. Just I I mean, he, he didn't jump to try to block it it's that simple. He didn't even dunk it. If Greg Monroe jumps there, there's no shot for him to do that. No, 0% chance because he threw that ball in. He Dwight Howard dunk contested it. I think the Clippers yeah. do come out and beat the Bulls here, though. Uh, even though it's in Chicago, I think the Clippers have been playing well, and they're going to be really focused on keeping that going because one loss can kill momentum. Uh, I think the 76ers are going to come out and actually beat the Nets, kind of put them back down where they belong. Uh and, you know, that'll just kill the franchise even more, so it'll actually be kind of sad. Um, I think the Hawks beat the Thunder. Uh, it's this simple. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant together isn't going to win you a championship. Okay? It's nope. not. Uh, they 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 both uh, – lo- you know, Russell Westbrook is not selfish – but he loves one-on-one ball. I don't know how to explain that any better. He's he's one of the better passers, one of the one of the actual least selfish players in the game. But when he gets his shots, it's always off one-on-one ball. Um, yeah, Kevin Durant. He's not unselfish. I wouldn't call him selfish, but he's definitely not unselfish. Uh, gets his shots, but I mean, uh, no matter what, they switched, they changed coaches, and they still have the same problem. Way too much iso ball, especially late close games. Uh, I got the Hawks walking into Oklahoma City and taking this one. Oklahoma City is giving seven and a half. I think that's crazy. Um, yeah. And then, you know, it's going to be fun. To, I, I really hope, and I like DeMarcus Cousins, but I think it would be really awesome if Porzingis dunked on DeMarcus Cousins last night or tonight. Uh, but I, I do think the uh, the Kings win this one at home. Uh, I think it will be close. The next, I think that's one of the more entertaining games of the night. Well, the floor, yeah, and so. I agree with that. And I agree with you, uh, from the standpoint of most of those things. Uh, I, I still think the Clippers are, are trying to figure things out. Even though they've been playing well as of late, I don't know how that game's gonna go. But that should be game of the night in my opinion, and watch the TNT crew, they're always fun there. If I'm not here tomorrow, game of the weekend in college basketball, Cincinnati at Xavier on Sunday afternoon, two thirty PM Pacific, five thirty PM Eastern. Check that one out uh on the docket. Okay, we got about a minute left in the show. Andrew, uh Again, it was a fantastic show today. Uh, we were supposed to have Matt Moore on, but we ran into some technical difficulties with me on the Twitter and some other things, but we should have him on sometime next week. Shoot, even maybe tomorrow, if Andrew's up for it. We'll try and get him on sometime here over the next week or so from CBS app, absolutely, Matt Moore. Check us out on the Apple Podcast. Obviously, episode 27 is in the books here in the FanDuel studio. Andrew, anything else before we go? Uh, thank you guys all for listening. I'll be here tomorrow. Uh, Hopefully Chris gets a chance to. But other than that, as always, peace. All right, everybody. Enjoy your Thursday night. It should be a fun one. Some small games there, but it should be a good one in the NBA. And look out for those upsets in the world of college basketball. Have Have a good day, everybody. Enjoy your Thursday.